Welcome to the Career Ready Podcast. Learn about resumes, cover letters, LinkedIn interviewing, and all the things you need to be career ready with the Career Services Center at College of DuPage. I'm one of your hosts, Rebecca Harrington. Today, I'm going to talk about answering all those difficult interview questions called behavioral questions. And I'm your other co-host for this episode, Pierre Michaels. I'm going to start our episode today by answering a question submitted to our listener mailbag at careerpodcast at cod.edu. The question reads as, I heard if you show up on time for an interview, you showed up late. What does that mean? When should I be showing up for an interview so I'm not late? This is a great question because it really gets to the heart of an interview and what employers are looking for through that interview process. For the employer, the interview is a chance to assess your professionalism and how well you are prepared for the opportunity. This can be seen as preparing not just for the interview, but how do you approach your work? As we look at this question from the employer's perspective, to show up early compared to the scheduled start time or even after the scheduled start is an indication of how well or poorly prepared you are for the interview and as a professional. From a timing perspective, to show you are a well-prepared professional, you need to get to the interview before the scheduled start. As an example, if that interview is scheduled for 9 a.m., you don't want to be showing up at 9 a.m. You need to be checking in with the receptionist or the office at 8.50 in the morning. Or maybe if you're going into a virtual interview, you want to click that link and be in the virtual waiting room by 8.55 a.m. Rebecca, anything you want to add to this point? Yeah, I think it's important to prepare yourself the day before. This is how we get there at the 8.50 in the morning. So that means the day before, pull up a map, time out your route. And that means if you're looking, you know, like a Google map, actually, I would change the like start time of when you're leaving to tomorrow at that time so that it builds in any rush hour, anything like that. Take note of any potential holdups like train tracks, you know, anything that could get in your way. So It's not about that you have to get to the building at 8.50 for that example. You should be getting there early, right? You should plan ahead, make sure that you can get there, get a parking spot and, you know, be able to get in. But we want to not check in until 8.50, but we want to plan ahead so that we're there in plenty of time to be able to check in at 8.50. These are great points, Rebecca, and that's actually what I did uh, when I was interviewing here with College of DuPage. You know, if you've ever visited campus, you know that is very large, and at times parking can be very difficult, especially back then at that time, because my interview was in the morning, peak parking, hard to find. (laughs) Uh, So, but I knew that. Right. I had ah. uh, a little bit of awareness. I knew how to get here, but I planned it out ahead and I made sure that I got to campus maybe an hour before the interview, I think was what I planned for, just so I could be safe with parking, not worry about it. I had to walk around. I kind of knew where the office was, but I needed a reminder. So I found it. Then I walked away from the office. I was there maybe a half hour early, which is too early to check in. So I found another spot on campus. I just sat down for maybe 20 minutes or so, kind of reviewed the website of the Career Services Center, thought about some things that I may want to share, took some time to relax. Then I went back and I checked in with the office at the scheduled start time or 
10 minutes before the scheduled mm-hmm. start time. So then they knew I was there, I was ready. And I say on time because that's what we mean when we say 10 <laughs> minutes beforehand is on time for those interviews. Um, but today we also live in a world where a lot of virtual interviews are happening. And you don't have to be in that virtual waiting room as early, but you do want to make sure you're in there early, especially because those could be timestamps. They could see how Mm -hmm. long you've been there. But when you're doing that, that means that you're ready for that interview to start when you click that link to join the virtual room, which means in advance, you're doing a tech check. You're working on your microphone, your camera speakers, making sure they're all well connected. You're set up in a spot with a strong internet connection. Everything is fully operational, so then you're not fumbling around with those when the interview starts. Yeah, I'll give a little story. So when I interviewed once um, for um, a different position at um, College of DuPage, uh, this was this was before pandemic, before all of this, but they had already started doing online uh, interviews, and. I I did that. Like I I called my my friend. I was like, okay, we're gonna do a practice run of this virtual, and I was making sure that my technology worked. And then it didn't work. And I it wasn't on my end. It turned out it was on you know the college's end, but it was still very nerve wracking. And I didn't know if it was me or if it was them. And I ended up just we ended up just doing it over the phone. So you kind of have to be ready to you know pivot. But um, but I felt. I felt at least okay saying like I've done this before and it it worked, <laughs> so I did try it. Um, so I felt fairly confident that it wasn't my issue on my end. Um, but you do have to be um, to be ready. Like when you sign in five minutes early, too, they could be there and be ready to start the interview. So like, I like that you say just just be ready to go. Yeah, and you know, kind of to your point of what you were saying, we don't want to take these things for granted, like. Your story maybe is before all these things were in place and we just kind of trust they'll work. And technology's probably gotten a little bit better since then, but you never know. Mm-mm. You want to put in that effort beforehand. And these are just some things that I want you to be thinking about um, because these are all important things um, to make sure that we are prepared and to make that saying, if you show up on time, you are late hold true, right? We have to show up before the scheduled start time to really show that we are prepared. So I hope understanding this better motivates you to prepare and know that this is really that reflection of professionalism as you move forward in the interview. Yeah. Thanks so much for that, Pierre. Um, I think all of those things are essential to getting in the right mindset for an interview. Uh, And I think that's a good setup for our main topic today, um, behavioral interview questions. So I've got a lot of stuff here, Pierre, but please break in with any examples or thoughts uh, as we go. Um, So listeners, have you ever been asked questions like, tell me about a time when you had to solve a problem? Or have you ever had a situation where you had to overcome an obstacle? These are behavioral questions because they want to, well, hear about your behavior. They want you to show them what you've done and how you've done it. And they want to know what the results of your actions were. 
So behavioral questions can be historical, where they're asking you to tell them something that you did in the past. That's, I think, what we typically think of. But they can also be hypothetical, where they're asking you to tell them what you would do in a situation. For example, they might ask something like, how would you handle X situation? Um, Both of these versions of behavioral questions are helpful for employers because they get to, quote unquote, see you work. (laughs) I would say these kinds of questions are helpful for job seekers because they let you show what a great employee you are going to be for them based on your previous work. What are some questions you've heard people talk about getting asked that are behavioral questions? I mean, there's so many. I think uh, a lot of times students that we're working with are really concerned about, tell me about a time you've worked with a difficult customer Mm -hmm. or when have you uh, seen this or how would you work with a difficult customer just because people don't always want to think about is those difficult situations, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, But I think that is one that students come to me the most saying, like, how would I address this? Yeah, because we know we're supposed to sound positive, right? But then it's like, how do you talk about a negative situation, but make it positive Mm -hmm. in a way? Yeah, absolutely. And I think our example that we're going to talk about in a moment um, does so, does address that. So, um, And here's the other thing, too. If you're a student and you haven't had a lot of work experience, that might be something that you're worrying about. You can still answer these questions, right? You can pull examples from volunteer work that you've done or coursework that you've done. Employers like to hear about how you've managed multiple projects or difficult assignments in your classes or maybe how you worked with a group to finish a project in a class. Right. I mean, those are. Yep. And and I completely agree. And I think that's why a lot of the students that bring up that question of working with this difficult customer don't like that question because they're like, well, on the job, I haven't had that situation. Mm -hmm. or Maybe I don't have the work experience. But then when you expand it to what you were just saying, maybe it's volunteering. Maybe it's a class project, an assignment. Well, they may be asking about a customer. But you, as the one telling your story in the interview, can say, well, I haven't had it with a customer, mm-hmm. but when I was in class, I can tell you about this story and we'll get more into. Yeah. Well, we, you know. we've all had that difficult person in the, on the class project, right? The, like the one that's not pulling their weight, the one <laughs> that's giving weird ideas that no one else wants to do. And, you know, so I, I think we all have, have some, something like that that we could talk about. Um, so let's talk about how to answer these questions. Um, the good thing is there is a really common acronym that we use that is super helpful, um, and it's called the STAR method. So S-T-A-R. So S stands for situation, T stands for task, A stands for action, and R stands for results. So your first step is to describe the situation, who, what, when, where, and why. Then you're going to talk about what you needed to do in this situation. What was your responsibility? What task did you do? What actions did you take? What did you do? Lastly, explain the outcome. What was the result? What did you accomplish? What impact did you make? For example, if you were asked, tell me about a time when you had to deal with a difficult customer. And I, I'm telling you, listener, right now, Pierre and I did not talk about this ahead of time. <laughs> he picked that example because that is the example we get most often <laughs> from, from students and job seekers in general. 
Okay, so it's common for people to answer that question by saying something like, you know, difficult customers are the ones that you have to treat with care and be sure to answer their questions and go get your manager if you need help. And this is good information. And I don't think that it's bad to share that information, maybe to help get you started with answering the question, but you're not really answering the question when you just say something like that. Because if you listen to the question, they want you to tell them about a specific time when this happened to you. They want you to tell them a story. So you might start by saying something like, with difficult customers, you need to do these things, but then you need to follow it up with an example. Like, I was working in a children's clothing store when a woman came in with her child and she was very frustrated because she needed an outfit for the child and had been to multiple stores without finding anything because she believed she was getting poor service. So that's me describing the situation, right? Then we might continue. I recognized that I needed to be careful in how I helped her so that she would feel heard at our store and spend the time needed with her so she would find the right outfit task, right? What I needed to get done. At the beginning, she was difficult, but I recognized that really she was just frustrated. So I asked her a lot of questions about what she needed. And then I used that information to take her right to where I knew we had some items that would likely work for her. Action. As a result, within a half hour, we had found the perfect outfit for her child and she was no longer upset. The difference between just saying how we should treat a difficult customer versus telling about a time when we did is huge, right? Instead of them having to guess how we would act, they now have an example that they have in their mind they can use. And that example is why expanding the question beyond our potential limited employment experience to our other ways we've been involved are really important. Mm-hmm. And there's still maybe someone out there saying, well, I still never worked with someone difficult. Well, one, you have to really open up your mind because I'm (laughs) sure you have. But two, okay, let's say maybe that is the case. You still want to give the example. So instead of giving those brief hypotheticals, say, well, this is how I would do it. I may not have a specific example, but this is how I would approach the situation. This is what I've seen someone do, and these are the actions they've taken. And it's really about that involvement and what actions you would take. Yes, the situation, the task really helps us set the framework for it, but the actions is where the employer really wants to hear about. Absolutely. And I think that's a good uh, good idea that you could create a, a more specific hypothetical, maybe based, like you said, on something that you've seen or, you know, um, something that you you maybe you saw done by a coworker that didn't go well. And in your mind, you were like, I know how I would handle that. And, you know, you can kind of talk about uh, maybe what you would do differently. Um, I think it's I think you can use this even if they don't ask you a behavioral question. Mm -hmm. So let's say they just said, you know, what's the best way to deal with difficult customers? I think you could answer that question, right, by saying, you know, you need to make sure that you understand what their needs are and ask them the questions and, you know, involve other people if necessary. But then you can still then add on and give this example because that is going to really, again, give them that picture in their mind so they know that you know what you're talking about. 100%. And I want to take a minute to kind of expand on something different here. Yeah. Uh, So if you were to go up and look 
online for the star approach, you'll find it. This isn't something Rebecca just came up no. with. Right? <laughs> this has been around for a very long time. Some employers actually evaluate interviews based off of the use of the star approach. Mm-hmm. But I do want to add one thing within here. Again, if you have that limited experience, and sometimes I like to add a second R to the end. Yeah. And this is relevant. Mm-hmm. How is this story that you're telling from your classroom relevant to this work site? Mm-hmm. So you make that direct connection for that employer. That way they see that these actions, this situation task that you were working through, how it produced a result and how that could still produce a result in a completely different setting. So connecting those dots for the employer by adding that relevant component to it can be really helpful. Yeah, I like that. So, you know, for example, if I'm giving this example of working in a clothing store, but I'm applying for an internship in marketing, you know, I could talk about how, you know, this is something that I could see being helpful when dealing with a difficult um, coworker or a difficult customer that um, needs help with, uh, you know, for a lot of times with marketing, maybe you're working on creating signs for somebody or doing a graphic for somebody and they might have harsh feedback for you, right? And so you can say like this, this I think has helped prepare me for, you know, when I get difficult feedback about my work and how I can approach that situation. So then it really pushes it for the employer to know that, you know, you get it, you know, and you know what's coming. So listener, I have a question for you. If you got this question, (laughs) do you know how you would answer it? Uh, If you aren't sure, that means it would be a good idea for you to sit down And think of key stories, key examples that you could use in an interview. This reflection is going to help you be less nervous. Uh, You're going to want an example for where things went well. You're going to want an example where maybe you made a change or an innovation to something. Maybe an example where you worked well with a coworker or team. An example where you solved a problem. An example where you overcame an obstacle. Um, as I mentioned, as we've been talking about, if you're a student who maybe hasn't had a job for that long, you may not have work examples for everything. That's okay. So then start thinking of what are these examples you can share from school, from volunteer work. Maybe an example of a time you didn't understand the instructions that they gave you for a project and how did you figure out the answer? Uh, You know, it's okay to say that you went and asked questions. Employers want to know that you are not afraid to ask questions. (laughs) Uh, That's a really important skill. Um, Or maybe you worked with someone difficult as part of your volunteer work or on a student project, as we said. So if you give enough detail, employers are going to understand how to help apply what you talked about in your own situation to what they have. Um, try to pull stories, though, from some sort of professional situation as opposed to personal when you can. Um, so, again, work, school, volunteer, um, not necessarily like why well, I had a friend once that was really difficult um, that doesn't quite fit. Uh, the thing is, if you get these answers down ahead of time, you're going to be ready. You know, the questions we can't prepare. We don't know what they're going to ask us, but you know they're going to ask you a positive question. They're going to ask you, you know, a change question. They're going to ask you a negative question. So if you've got like a bin of stories at the ready, then you know you're going to be able to kind of answer any of those questions that come up. Um, So before I get into some last tips, any other thoughts, Pierre? Um. Yeah. So just emphasizing the doing that reflection, having those stories that you could pull from. 
extremely important. Don't want to discount that at all, but make sure that you're also researching the company very specifically, reading through that job description. What are some of those expectations that they are expecting Mm -hmm. to be performed on that job? Or maybe you could pick up some things on the company culture from the website, from their social media. So then that can help you identify, okay, as I'm telling my story, as I'm going through the STAR approach, I want to make sure that I'm emphasizing these actions because it uses the skill sets that was in that job description. So yes, that reflection, extremely important to give us the groundwork of a story, but then what we emphasize as we tell it should really be driven towards those expectations of the employer which comes from our research. Yeah. And like, for example, if you're looking at a job posting, you can tell, are they really big on teamwork? You know, they need somebody that can work with others that, you know, works as a team. If that's the case, then you're going to try to pick examples that focus on that and that you're going to emphasize, you know, when you're telling the story, even going back to the example we did, you know, maybe you'll say, so I made sure to let my coworker know that I was going to be spending some extra time with this client because they were upset and um, to be prepared to help if needed and just something like that. Right. So then I'm pulling that in as a teamwork component that they might be interested in. So yeah, definitely have your kind of your stable of stories. And then for each interview, right, think about how you can customize it. Um, So a few more tips for you. So take a moment before starting your answer to make sure that you remember what you're going to talk about. Um, So you can bring a notebook to your interview. And while we don't recommend writing out like your whole answer (laughs) and reading it verbatim, you could make a quick little cheat sheet for yourself where it says something like problem and then like a couple words that kind of help will trigger your memory of what you're going to be talking about when it comes to solving a problem. Um, you know, you can like kind of have this in your mind. And when they ask the question, if you're struggling to remember or you're just not sure, take a moment, you know, kind of again, restate the question or you can say, you know, um, that's a really, you know, that's a great question. And just, you can take a couple seconds and just kind of like have it in your mind. I have also had it in an interview <laughs> where I started an answer and I started telling a story and then in the middle realized I have a much better story. So if that's the case, I would say wrap up the one that you're doing very quickly and then just say, you know what, actually, as I was telling you that, I remembered an even better story and then go into it. You know, just don't be afraid to do that. Yeah, we have to remember we're not perfect. The employer is going to realize we're not perfect. So if it is needing a cheat sheet, if that is needing to redirect our answer, the employer would appreciate that preparation and being aware. Um, Another quick note on a potential cheat sheet, if you were to have the job description with you and then maybe you highlight some key things on that job description of, okay, this is something I want to emphasize, or maybe you have a story tied to Mm -hmm. something on there. So your cheat sheet, job description, that could be one thing, that could be two separate documents, but definitely have all this ready to go. So you could quickly look at it Mm -hmm. during the interview. And as you said, Rebecca, not reading from it, but using it as that reference. I like the idea. You know what? If I looked over as an employer and I saw that you had marked up our job description and put little notes for yourself, I would be so impressed by that. You know, that that's something that you took the time and you're really focusing on us in this job. Uh, Be sure to practice before you go. Um, So again, you can write out your answer, right? You can plan it out or maybe think of some bullet points, again, using that STAR acronym. But keep in mind that the question they ask will likely not be the same 
as what you are have been practicing with. Um, it should be similar, right? There'll be some similarities, but it, it we can just never prepare ourselves <laughs> with how they're going to ask the question. So you need to be prepared to be flexible in how you're going to use the stories that you've thought of. Uh, and then we talked about this a little bit at the beginning. Um, be positive in your answers. So that doesn't mean to be way over the top about how great you are or <laughs> whatever whatever the, the situation is. Um, but it's okay to shine, right, in your story. And we don't want to criticize our previous employer. We don't want to talk bad about customers in an extreme way. It's okay to say that they were frustrated or that things escalated maybe past what, you know, is comfortable. So, But the idea is to refocus it, though, always as quickly as possible back on you and your strengths. So uh, also don't put down a coworker just to make yourself look better. They're going to see through that, right? It's about just showing yourself and how, you know, you did well. Um, and you don't need to focus on um, what other people did poorly. Uh, and then, you know, just tell what you needed to do and how you did it. Right. It's all about that preparation. Absolutely. Any last um, behavioral interview question tips? So I think, you know, the planning... Um, and getting getting yourself ready is 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 key. I'm pretty sure you said this at the beginning, but just to emphasize it, or maybe you missed it, and I just imagine you said it because it's an important <laughs> point. Look up questions. Oh right? yeah, we talk about the preparation process, and you're getting stuck on this. What are behavioral questions? I know they're how mm -hmm. I've applied myself, but what are some of these actual questions? There's plenty online for you to go look at. Just type in behavioral question. You're going to see a list mm -hmm. and you could even find lists that are specific to different job titles. Yep. So just looking at that list is that first step. Okay, here are potential things that will be asked. And then you can think about how you would want to be responding to this. As you said, Rebecca, not creating a direct script. You could do that if you want to, mm -hmm. but don't operate solely from that. I really like um, using it more as a bulleted approach, which yeah. gives us more flexibility. So whatever you as the listener think uh, is best for you, but making sure that you feel comfortable to adapt as you move forward in that process. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I don't believe I mentioned it earlier. So thank you for doing that. Um, if you are a, if you're in the COD area, College of DuPage area, um, we do have a software called Big Interview that you can use to look up um, example questions. And if you're interested in that, if you visit our website, um, cod.edu slash career services, you can get um, access to that. Um, but Outside of that, you can also, I mean, Google is, you know, a wonder, um, but Glassdoor, um, I think is, is one popular site and there are many others um, that people will actually go and put in the questions they were asked in their interview so that you get like, like at this company, this is, these are questions that have been asked. That doesn't mean that that's what they're going to for sure ask, but could be helpful to you. All right. So thank you to everybody for listening. We hope you feel better prepared to answer behavioral interview questions. Um, earlier in the episode, you heard an answer to a listener question. And if you have a question you want to hear answered in a future episode, you can submit it to careerpodcast at cod.edu. As we end here, we encourage you to join us for our next episode when we invite a guest to discuss job seeking with a disability.